Amen. Really want to thank the worship team. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing job. Let's give another round of applause for them. And uh, yeah, as, as a bunch of my name is Chase McIntosh, and uh, my wife Sarah and I, we, uh, we've been here at North River for about a year and a half now. Uh, it's crazy how time flies, but we are uh, up in, live up in Marietta, and uh, we lead youth and family uh, up there. Um, but, uh, you know, we do talk about just how nice it would be to be part of the in-town ministry one day. Sometimes we dream about that. Like, when, when we first moved here, we found out about Pont City Market. We were just like, we came like every weekend for like a month. And then we were like, it's, it takes a while to get down here. Um, but we're, we're city people. We lived uh, in Cincinnati before we, we moved here. And at one point, we lived really close to downtown. Uh, and just all the cool stuff that you get to do, uh, we miss that. So maybe one day, if God has it in his plan, we'll be part of In Town. I think we think the same way as you guys. We're kind of the same generation. I mean, anytime we see Edison bulbs anywhere, we're just drawn there. Um, <laughs> and you know, like, if a restaurant has some Edison bulbs, that food's going to be good. I mean, you just know. Um, but, uh, but it's great to be here. And I just really appreciate the opportunity to come, um, that I was asked to come and share about worship. Uh, I know you guys have been uh, focusing on worship. Obviously, it's something that's very important to me. Uh, I grew up uh, in a musical family uh, surrounded by worship leaders uh, from the beginning. That was all I knew, really. Uh, and it's interesting because um, my dad would always like, make me sing at, at various places. I didn't really have much of a choice. Um, and I, I thought I'd be more into sports. And I actually was for a long time. It wasn't until high school that I really uh, developed a true love for music. And uh, when I went to college, I studied music, I studied voice, and uh, actually, uh, we have some people that I went to college with uh, here today. Shout out, we got Kyle, Justin, Kyle, Jen, Kristen, um, and, and other people as well, Casey. Uh, a lot of Gainesville folks here, go Gators. Yes, we can say that. Not so much, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when, when I got to college, I, that's when I really discovered that I wanted to do worship as much as I could. If it meant leading worship, wherever I could do that, I knew that was my passion. And I didn't know what that would mean. I just knew that I had a passion to serve God and I had a passion to do music. And fortunately, he's been opening doors and allowed me to do worship uh, in various places, in various ways. Uh, and so it's very important to me personally. I'm so glad it's important to you guys as well. Uh, whenever I really dig into a concept in the scriptures. I don't know about you, but I kind of like to nerd out for a while on the original languages. And so when we think about this word worship, uh, the Hebrew word is shakah. And, and it means to literally just put yourself low, to bow down, to crouch. It's this idea of humility. And you see it throughout the scriptures that people stand in awe of God. And all they have to do, all they can do is just lower themselves. As, as a way to show God, yes, I understand who you are and who I am. And so it's a matter of that humility, and it's all over the Old Testament, 172 times. But there's another word that's used a lot as well, which is the word for praise, which is the first part of the word hallelujah. And this word is halal, and I was so fascinated to find out that the earliest form of this word means to be clear that it was used to describe sound or color or light as a way to make sure that it was shining clearly, that it was to make something known as clearly as possible. And then it went on to mean to boast, 
in something, right? You think about the best aspects of something, and the idea was let's make this known as clearly as possible, to glory in it, to celebrate. This is what praise really means. And it's, again, all over the Old Testament, just basically as many times as worship. But then you realize, okay, well, what are we doing? How are we doing this? And obviously, to sing, right? Zamar and Shir, two words, and over 200 times throughout just the Old Testament, you see this over and over again that God's people are commanded to sing to him, to sing his praises. You see it throughout the Psalms, to sing the praises of the Lord, to, to sing to the Lord a new song, you his faithful people. And we know this is not just an Old Testament thing, that, that we're supposed to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, to sing and make music in our hearts to the Lord with gratitude. And I love James 5, 13. Is anyone happy? Like, does anyone feel happy in here? All right, the idea is if you're happy, then you should sing songs of praise because you remember the reason, ultimately, why you're happy. So worship is everywhere, but it doesn't necessarily, by looking at these passages, you don't necessarily automatically see the reason. Why do we worship? And obviously, I mean, we could talk for hours on all the different reasons that we have to worship God. I wanna focus in on one that I learned somewhat recently in my Christian life. And many of us have heard of C.S. Lewis, right? We've all heard of C.S. Lewis. Um, and we know that he's a prolific Christian writer, impacted countless people through what he wrote. And you may have known that he did not grow up a Christian, that, that he had a religious upbringing in a, in a sense early in his life, but then he walked away from God, didn't believe in God. Maybe at some points he was kind of agnostic. Either way, he wasn't thinking about God or focused on God. He came to that later in his life. And when he first started looking at the Bible and looking at the Psalms, he was kind of put off by this idea of being commanded to praise God so much. He was thinking about why would God need our praise? Does God need to be validated by us? Is God insecure to the point that he has to have us tell him how awesome he is? It didn't sit well with him. And he wrote this, Reflections on the Psalms. And I don't know if you've read this before. It's kind of a lengthy quote, but uh, I really want to share it with you because I feel like it does an amazing job of expressing so much of the reason. Excuse me. It says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then to have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than for a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. To see what the doctrine really means, we must suppose ourselves to be in perfect love with God, drunk with, drowned in, dissolved by that delight which far from remaining pent up within ourselves as incommunicable, hence hardly tolerable bliss, flows out from us incessantly again in effortless and perfect expression. 
Our joy is no more separable from the praise in which it liberates and utters itself than the brightness a mirror receives is separable from the brightness it sheds. The Scotch Catechism says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But we shall then know that these are the same thing. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Such an amazing concept. When you think about the reason that God calls us to worship, I think, is in large part so that we can complete our delight in him, our enjoyment in him. When you love something, you can't help but talk about it, right? If you, if you are moved by something, you can't fully appreciate it until you tell it to somebody else. You can't fully learn the truth about something until you teach it to somebody else. And how many of us have seen this movie, La La Land? Right, I think a lot of us. All right, a great movie. And I was uh, listening to an interview with the director, Damien Chazelle, and the interviewer was asking him, why did you feel compelled to write a modern-day musical film? I mean, this used to be a huge genre back in the day, right? Sing in the Rain, Sound of Music, many others, that many of which I have not seen. But it used to be, that was the thing. I mean, some of the most famous and biggest movies were musicals that's kind of died off. And he says what he appreciated so much about a musical is that when the characters feel something so strongly, they just feel the need to sing about it, right? If you just continued the dialogue in the normal way, it wouldn't do it justice, right? You just have to sing, you have to dance, you have to get into it, because the music with the words is powerful, and it expresses something deep, something so sincere and so genuine and intense that you just have to sing about it. How many of us appreciate musical theater in here? Okay, some of us. Yeah, my wife and I, big fans. We actually did two performing arts camps this summer, we were teaching musical theater, and I was explaining to people that instrumental music is awesome. I mean, you, you can hear a symphony and cry, but you'll probably cry a little bit more if the music has words. That when you have music that communicates with words, ideas, and thoughts, and concepts, man, it can move us in, in a way that nothing else can. And so this expression of joy, this expression of love, this expression of our relationship with God can only truly be done when we sing about it. When we're so moved, we're so joyful about what God has done in our lives that I just wanna lift up my voice. I mean, sitting here, standing here with you guys and singing this morning, let the glory of the Lord rise among us. There's something powerful about that. And God is inviting us to enjoy him. When you see this, this, this passage right here from the, from the quote, this idea that we need to be in perfect love with God, drunk with, drowned in, dissolved by. I don't know about you, it's very inspiring to read that, but yet sometimes I don't feel that way about my relationship with God, right? Sometimes life is hard. And, and, and the life of a Christian, the life of self-denial, the life of, of putting aside some of our dreams and some of the things that we want to do in order to serve God, sometimes it doesn't seem like that amazing 
at times. We get weary. We get burdened with it. But to understand that we need to always remember, if we're going to praise God truly with our hearts and our minds, that we need to be moved by our relationship with him first to complete our delight in him. And he's saying, guys, you are not going to understand how amazing life with me is unless you truly express it, unless you sing about it, unless you revel in and glory in the beauty and the awe and the wonder that it means to have a relationship with God. He's inviting us, don't get bogged down by the things you had to give up, but think about the things that you gained. Don't think about the things that you don't get to do. Think about heaven. Think about heaven to come and heaven on earth in God's kingdom. We gotta remember what's going on. And recently I actually did a lesson for the teens in the campus up in North River, uh, and it was just this past Wednesday actually. I've been studying this idea of silence and solitude, uh, which is a concept brought up by an author named Dallas Willard about the spiritual disciplines of Jesus, the things that he did that made him who he is, who he was. That one of the things he did more than anything was just go and get away. That you know, whether it was early in the morning, whether it was late at night, there was a lot of pressures and stresses. I think he needed it, but he also wanted it. He needed to get away from the noise and the distractions and all the responsibilities and just be alone with God. And I think, how much truer can it be for us that we need that? Yeah. I mean, you think about the noise in our lives, and it was already mentioned today in the welcome. We have so many things just constantly trying to grab our attention. Whether it's people physically, I mean, your spouse or your kids, or your roommates or whatever, there's people walking down the street, cars going by, construction, all the machinery that we have these days, there's a lot of noise. And then obviously, maybe the biggest thing that brings noise into our lives is this, right? I mean, it's very useful, but it invites so much distraction. I mean, we, we, we think about, maybe I should just give up my phone and use it as a, as a phone to call and text, and I've thought about that. I need, I'm like, get the web. I need my GPS. You know, I, I, I need to be able to check my email. I, I need to look at the weather. Man, I can't just walk outside. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> right? I gotta see what the news is. I gotta, I gotta do my online banking. I mean, everything comes to us we invite all this noise, and honestly, we miss what God is trying to tell us. I mean, I truly believe that God is constantly communicating with us. He's trying to give us direction. He's trying to ease our stress and clear up the confusion by giving us answers. I think he's trying to mold us and shape us, encourage us, inspire us, bring us joy but so often we can't hear it. We don't even know that it's going on. But constantly, if we can just find a way to get away and to be alone with him, then we'll understand how much we have to delight in, how much we have to enjoy in our relationship with God, and then we will feel drunk with delight for him. We will feel moved to sing and praise him no matter what. I had this really amazing experience that I wanna share about in just a second. <laughs> but um, in Romans uh, chapter one, I think it's a great reminder that we can so often just get distracted by the created things around us. It says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator 
who is forever praised. Amen. I mean, we have to serve our bosses. We have to serve our spouses, our girlfriends, our boyfriends, roommates, kids. Any, I mean, so many people, our brothers and sisters, and we're surrounded by all these created things, and it's easy to get wrapped up and forget what it all comes from. That there is a creator that created everything and created you and wants you to prosper, but we miss it if we don't give him the kind of attention that he deserves. You know, I was at Camp Swamp last year, had a very special experience just going out there serving and just being a part of it. I think many of us have been to a Swamp as well, but every week they have a Starlight devotional. And it was incredible on this night because you never know what you're gonna get. Sometimes it might be cloudy. Sometimes it might be a full moon, which is beautiful, but you don't see as much of the stars. This night, I will never forget. There were no clouds, there was no moon, and as, as each minute passed and it got darker and darker, you just saw more and more of the stars. And I mean, I was moved to tears. We had this moment where we just, we walked out into the field by ourselves, and you just, you just put your head back and just open your eyes and it's all you can see is just stars. And I remember the first thing I thought when, when I looked at this and I thought, what if I didn't know anything else about God? What if I didn't know anything else about myself but I just was put in this situation to look up and see the stars? The first thing I would think is that someone is talking to me. Someone is communicating that they are there for me, that, that it's a communication to let me know that I'm not alone but that God is calling my name. And it was the closest that I felt to God in a long time. And then the next morning, when I woke up, it was a blue sky, and I realized that those same stars that drew me close to God the night before are still there. I can't see them. It's not the right conditions, but they are still there. And God is constantly talking to us, inviting us to enjoy this relationship with him. But we have to put ourselves in the right conditions. And I realized the scripture in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. You guys, in our society today, again, it's so easy to miss what God is communicating and to forget that these types of things are going on all the time, right? In various parts of the world, right? Scenes that just take your breath away. Just things that make you want to stop in your tracks and just cry because it's so beautiful. Obviously, the pictures don't do them justice. But just to remind us, man, the splendor of God's glory just never ends. It's something to be excited and moved and inspired by. And whether you're into mountains or whether you're into the ocean or the snow or whatever, you're into the stars and the vastness of the universe that never stops. God's glory never ends, but our awareness of it does. And we allow the pressures of this life and all the distractions 
take us away from the truth. And that's when our relationship with God grows dull. That's when we lose our motivation to worship and praise. That's when we forget what this is all about. We gotta remember that to complete our delight in God is to fully enjoy through expressing what we believe, what we hold dear. And so I want us to, to remember as we take communion today, in 2 Corinthians 5, I think this really sums up what it means to be a Christian. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You know, this word compel in the Greek literally means to squeeze. It's this idea that the love of Christ has such an impact on us that we can't help but live our lives for him, which means expressing who he is to everyone, to reflecting on it, to living by it. And so what I want us to do as we take communion and as we think about the rest of our service, think about what Jesus, what God in the flesh means to you. What about his life gets you excited? What about the things that he did, the things that he said makes you drunk with delight to the point where you're just like, I can't imagine. Maybe it's the fact that he touched the leper. Maybe it's the fact that he spoke with a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman that many people considered the lowest of the low in society. That he said, I'm going to engage with you. I'm going to speak to you and reveal that I'm the son of God to you. Maybe it's the fact that he called Levi the tax collector. In, in a day and age when tax collectors were the worst of the worst, that people thought they should be in jail or dead or worse. And Jesus just walks up to him and says, follow me. He says, I'm not even gonna think about or care about the things that you've done. I know and I believe in you. That in your Jesus, that's Christ's love. Yeah. Think about what it's done in your own life. Just think about who we were. I mean, do you ever just stop and think, what would I be doing right now if not for the love of Christ? Would I even be alive? I'd probably be addicted to something. I would have given away, squandered every resource, wrecked my relationships with people, just let, left a trail of destruction if it weren't for Christ's love. You think about the hope that we have. You know, recently we just lost a dear friend of ours, a brother named Pete McCreary up in Cincinnati, early 50s, father of four died suddenly in a motorcycle accident. And his daughters got up a week later and shared at his memorial. And they shared how much they love their father and how much they love God, that God is good. One week after hearing maybe the most horrific news you could hear, because of the way that Pete built his family, because of the hope that he had and that they have and that we all have in Jesus that we don't mourn like the rest of the world mourns, that we have something greater. And couldn't we each just go on and on 
all day about everything that the cross, everything that Jesus means, everything that God has done in our lives. That's what it means to praise him. To fully understand and be aware of who he is, what he's done in your life, and who you are because of it. That's our motivation. That's why we worship. Let's pray. God, we are just beyond amazed. And as we think about who you are, and as we think about the fact that you made us, that before the creation of the world, you had a plan for us, God, that you have ordained prosperity and joy for our lives. God, we know that the wages of sin is death. And we think about the fact that our sin separates us from you. God, but that you cared enough, that you were not gonna stay separated from us, that you opened the door through taking our punishment on, to taking our death on so that we could have life. God, help us to be fully aware to not be distracted by the world, by our own busyness and schedules and technology, but to realize who you are, to delight in you constantly out of gratitude, out of love, and to proclaim it, to praise you each and every day. We love you. Pray in your son's name, amen. amen.
Chelsea and I moved here about a year ago, it's easy to get caught up in the rhythm of life. Just work, you know, weekend, repeat. Um, hopefully sleep in there too. Uh, I, I want to share a little bit about uh, contribution, giving, which is another huge aspect of worship. In the Old Testament, as Chase talked, there's a, a, a lot of different big acts of worship. And one of them I want to read is in uh, 1 Chronicles in uh, chapter 29. I'll, I'll just read it. But uh, this is after David is king, and he tells God, he's like, I want to build a house for you. And God says, no. There's too much blood on your hands. And I just think, like, that takes, that, that must have been really hard. Yeah. You know, after all the things that David's done to hear that. But uh, David's response in verse 29, uh, in chapter 29 King David said to the whole assembly, so all of Israel, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young. The task is great, because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood, as well as onyx for settings, turquoise stones of various colors. He, and then, so he gives out of the king's kind of treasury, but he also gives out of his own wealth. And he says, he says that in the next couple of verses. And then in verse 6, says, The leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver. It's a lot of stuff. Um, actually, they give 190 tons of gold. So just think about that amount. It is a lot, right? I think, you know, it's about $1,000 an ounce now. So I don't know what that math works out to. But it's a lot, a lot of gold, a lot of value. And they gave, they gave a lot. And David then praises God right after that. And in verse 14, just a little snippet, he says, 
But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. We have given only what comes from your hand. I think what an amazing heart to have. And I think it's so easy to just forget that everything really is God's. And I, I, Chelsea and I budget every month. We plan out our finances. And sometimes I'm like, am I exerting my will, you know, on our finances? Or am I exerting God's will? Am I allowing God to direct where we spend our money? And I think that's a huge act of worship. Yeah. And, you know, in this time, they're building God's temple. Now we are the temple. We are God's church. I think it's the same thing. We have the opportunity to build God's temple here. Yeah. And that's what contribution, that's what giving goes to. So we're going to pray, we're going to give, and then uh, we'll close out with a song. Uh, Father, we love you. We're so grateful for you. Uh, we, who are we that we could give back to you when everything comes from you, God? Pray that we remember that all the time. Uh, Throughout the week, God, during our jobs, we just remember everything comes from you. We love you so much. We're humbled to be your children. Amen. 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 Uh, a couple quick announcements. This is actually my first time doing announcements. Uh, I'm not, not totally sure what to do. Uh, but uh, so a couple things. This Wednesday, we're going to be right back in here. For, so we meet on Wednesdays as well, typically, um, either here or in family groups. So we'll be here this Wednesday. Our schedule has like a crazy algorithm. I don't fully understand it. But uh, this Wednesday we'll be here. And then next Sunday we'll be at North River. And that's this week. Um, that's about as far as I know. But uh, if I'm sure there are some singles events going on. If, if you want to know more about that, you can talk to Tosin. He, uh, he does a great job really uh, helping run a lot of those. Um, and then, uh, yeah, thank, thank you everyone for coming. We're going to close out with the song and, and worship God. It's great to praise God together. Let's all stand up. waiting on uh, some batteries for a microphone over here. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Do It Again. Um, it talks about how powerful God is and how we've seen him move in our lives before and how not only has he moved in our lives uh, up to this point, but he will continue to move mountains and continue um, to move powerfully in our lives. So um, join us in song.
missed.